and welcome to Ghostwriter. I'm your host, Corinne Prevot, and today we are reviewing The Art of Southern Charm by Patricia Altshall. Okay, guys. So the beginning of the book goes over her early life, and the craziest thing that I read was that when she was four years old, she owned a horse and she was riding it and ended up falling off and injuring herself and was in a full body cast. I didn't know that four-year-olds could ride horses and being in a full body cast at four sounds insane. That is a nightmare. Um, Patricia was born in Florida. She was an only child to two parents. They had a big age difference between the two of them. Her dad was a lot older, so when she was born, he basically was retired and could just hang out with her all day, which is pretty cool. In high school, she went to a Quaker boarding school in the Midwest and met an admirer who had a convertible and a plane. Okay, what school was that? That's not what was going on at my school. Maybe like the best car somebody had was a Kia, and we were like, holy shit, you have a hot ride. Um, her father passed away when she was 18 years old, and after his funeral, her mom and her went on a year-long cruise on the Queen Mary, which is parked here in Long Beach, and apparently it's haunted. So I wonder if it had the reputation for being haunted at that point or if that's something that came later on. I'm dying to get down there and stay the night in one of those rooms and see if there's any uh, extra activity going on. So in college, we'll start with husband number one. She met Lon Smith, who is Whitney's father, and married him. At that point, she's going to school at George Washington University, ends up getting her master's there as well, and starts working at the Smithsonian, and she is a legit businesswoman in the art world. After being together for 14 years, they ended up getting divorced, and she spends the 80s as just a single woman working as an art advisor, traveling all over the world, meeting celebrities and dignitaries, and just making really great money. Then she meets her second husband, Edward Fleming, who's a psychiatrist. So they travel on his yacht for another year. I mean, hot damn, I can't get on a boat. I mean, maybe I can rent a Duffy boat for like three hours, but I have yet to receive one yacht invitation, especially for a year. So... They um, ended up traveling for a year, and then he tried to kind of isolate her from her friends and family and wanted to move to Ireland so they could be tax exiles, and she didn't want to do that, so they ended up breaking it off and getting divorced. And then husband number three was Arthur Altschul. He was a partner at Goldman, Goldman Sachs, and he, she met him at some kind of charity event in D.C., and then he invited her to come up to New York and visit him for the weekend, and she never left, which this actually happens. My girlfriend went on vacation for a month to Portugal, and that was seven years ago, and we haven't seen her since unless we go to Portugal and visit her. She met a guy and just kept extending that vacation, extending that vacation, and now she's married with three kids, so something kind of romantic about that. So she would throw parties for him and all his Yankee friends. They would be super impressed because this is the menu that she would serve. And this is my kind of party. Caramelized bacon, pigs in a blanket, and Smithfield ham, which she mentions several times in the book. And apparently Smithfield ham is amazing because they feed the pigs a diet of peanuts. And apparently that makes the ham taste really good. And apparently it's also a great hostess gift. So maybe I'll try Smithfield's ham this year. Basically, when I'm going through this book, I'm just like, oh, do I need to buy all every single thing that Patricia recommends? After five years of marriage, um, his health started to decline. 
declined and he passed away in 2002 and she doesn't exactly say it but I get the feeling that this was the real love of her life out of all of her husbands and one of her mottos is eat drink and remarry which I find hilarious Uh, at this point Whitney is in LA making all kinds of oddball movies like a movie about rednecks called Bubba and Ike not sure if you guys caught that one or something called torture tv which Patricia called an interesting choice So when she was living in New York, that's when she met Michael and he became her butler because his previous boss had passed away. Michael is smart, skilled, and has impeccable taste in, okay, an unrelated random fact. In 2016, Charleston was ranked world's best city by travel and leisure. Oh, have you guys been to Charleston? It is absolutely gorgeous, beautiful city. And that's part of the fun of watching Southern Charm to me is just seeing the architecture and the whole city. So another film that Whitney did was Ultra Suede, which is a movie about Halston. And Ultra Suede was Halston's favorite material to work with. And that was Patricia's first um, time being on camera, being on film. And in 2016, Patricia won the Bravo Susan Lucci Award for Best Performance in a Reality TV Show. Oh, in the beginning of the book, she mentions that she's a lifestyle muse. That is amazing. I want to be a lifestyle muse. I'm really into women of a certain age who kind of run their lives from their bed and wear a lot of jewelry and makeup and have just amazing bedding and just spend a lot of time in bed. I mean, who else is like that? I feel like Dorinda does a lot of time in bed. Um, Remember when Jill and Bethany used to hang out in her bed all the time? Patricia's favorite vegetable is the artichoke. Okay, agree, but I don't agree with the way to serve it. She does the steamed way that you get at restaurants where you have to peel each leaf off and then, um, you know, kind of scrape the artichoke out with your teeth. This is what you can do if you want to have way less work. Go to Costco, get the artichokes that are in the oil, that are in a jar in the oil, and then you can just throw those in your air fryer and they taste amazing. They taste super fried and they are way healthier for you and you actually get a hearty meal from it. It tastes like carbs, which I love. I'm like always, always requesting those here. Um, she thinks you should care for your appearance because if you look like you've just been shot out of a cannon, then you can't possibly attract the opposite sex. Okay. When Patricia was young, her mom would let her wear one beauty product, which was this lipstick called Tangi, and it looks orange in the tube, but it transforms into like the perfect pink for whatever your skin tone is. So I went on Amazon, of course, to see if I could buy this immediately. It kind of reminds me of a mood lipstick, but they don't have it, but they have it at this weird website called the Vermont country store. So I'm going to order some, try it out and let you guys know. She also goes over all of her favorite lipstick or favorite makeup. Her favorite lipstick is Be Fabulous, which is a like super, that super pink color that she wears. Um, Chanel Healthy Glow Foundation and Charlotte Tilbury Cheek to Chic Blush, which reminds me of my favorite blush. Used to be an ours orgasm, but after I read Kyle Richards' book many years ago, she suggested this makeup company I'd never heard of before called The Balm, and they have an amazing blush called Hot Mama, which I think it's equivalent to NARS Orgasm, if not better, and it's a lot cheaper, and you can get it on Amazon. And they go on sale a lot, too, so... The brand is The Balm, and the blush is Hot Mama. And all their products are great. Their lip glosses are great. They have great concealers. I mean, just great line. 
And Patricia believes what Truman Capote said, which is, if a woman maintains the same hairstyle, she never ages. I think this is what Lisa Rinna's long game could possibly be. And if you think about it, this is true. Look at Lisa Vanderpump. She's always had that same long, brown, thick hair. And I know, I know there's some pieces in there, but it really, really works for her. So Patricia is 5'9", which I did not realize she was that tall. I, for some reason, I thought she was like petite and tiny. And she's really close friends with Andre Leon Talley of Vogue. Um, you guys should watch the September issue. It's all about him and mostly Anna Wintour and Grace Coddington and everything that goes into putting out the September issue, which is, of course, the most important issue of the year because of all the fall fashions. So she is mentioned in his book, Little Black Dress. Here's the quote. When I first met Mrs. Patricia Altschul at a black tie dinner in Paris, she was wearing the YSL smoking tuxedo dress. And when she opened her elegant black envelope evening bag, I noticed she had a small pistol inside. How did she get a gun through customs? Okay, what the fuck? Why is she bringing a gun to a black tie dinner in Paris? Like, this is crazy. Yeah, how also did she get a gun on the plane? I mean, I guess this was a while ago, but everything about this is crazy. Okay. So she says, growing up, it was considered déclassé to wear diamonds during the day. And her favorite costume jewelry is Kenneth J. Lane, which I also love. And you can find tons of Kenneth J. Lane jewelry on Guilt Group, on sale, all the time. And it's, it's like that nicer costume jewelry that's just heavier and just a better quality. So she talks about what to wear at different events. So she says, black tie, if it's a ball, you wear a gown. If it's a black tie wedding, you wear a cocktail length. I've been to many black tie weddings. You have to wear a full length gown. I don't know. I've never been to a black tie wedding where the majority of the people wearing cocktail length dresses. And she said, if you don't care what people wear to your party, that you can just say party attire or festive attire. I once went to a wedding on a farm and it had the, I think it said like festive farm was the, what they told us. And that was very confusing. And thank God I wore boots. We had to like trudge through mud and do all this stuff. So sometimes maybe just list like, Hey, there's going to be a foot of mud to walk through. So plan accordingly. Um, when she packs, she only wears black and white. So everything matches and everything is interchangeable. I also do this every day. I only wear black, white, navy blue, gray. I just try to keep it super simple. All clothes that can be washed together and everything matches. And it took me forever to figure this out because I used to be such a nightmare packing and try to bring everything I owned. So she believes in manners, no chewing gum ever. I completely agree. I remember reading somewhere that Princess Diana or royals aren't allowed to chew gum. And I was like, okay, I'm done chewing gum too. Altoids it is. Never be late and always respond to invitations. Um, some of Patricia's favorite things. Spanx, fresh lip balm, which is amazing. Candy corn, alkaline water, the Clarisonic skin brush, which I have yet to try. And any kind of shoe with a pom-pom. Some of her least favorite things. Toilet paper folded into points or with a sticker. Hmm. Cheap chocolate. Oh, my God. I totally agree. I just recently came into contact with some cheap chocolate from my son's Easter basket. And it really just, you might as well just go munch on a candle. It tastes exactly the same. French manicures. What did French manicures ever do to anybody? They just really get dragged by all these bravo celebrities. Chewing gum. Green and blue nail polish. Yes, 
please, everybody, stop it with the green and blue nail polish. You're looking like a damn corpse. Just, it's not, it's not good. And talking about how much things cost. I love to go to Marshall's and I love to brag about all the amazing things that I can get for under $20. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Um, she believes in Southern bells, not dumbbells. And she says, don't be afraid of silence in conversation. I am terrified when there's those gaps in conversation of silence. I hate that. But I was watching House of Cards and Robin Wright Penn is just always taking these long pauses when people ask her questions and making them shake in their boots. And I'm like, all right, this is silence is power. I need to just chill and just let those those silences happen. And then if you guys are watching 90 Day Fiance, there's a guy on there, Andres, Andre, Andre, I believe. He's the one that's in Florida with the cute blonde girl, and he's pretty um, aggressive. And so after everything, he says, that's it, which I was like, wow, it sounds, I just started blaming everything he said. He's like, we're going to go out to dinner. We're going to have pasta and that's it. And I'm like, I'm going to start saying that's it after everything and see if people will just listen to me. It works. Try it. Just try it. Every day, Patricia reads the New York Times, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times, the Post Courier, and the National Enquirer. These are some of her favorite books that I've either read or plan on reading soon. Crazy Rich Asians. Saw the movie like three or four times. Loved it. Definitely going to read that book as soon as I have a minute and I'm not reading a Bravo book. Swans of Fifth Avenue. I don't, I swear I read this book, but I don't remember anything about it. All of Andy Cohen's books, of course. And then this book, um, Party of the Century, Truman Capote and the Black and White Ball. Her co-writer on this book, The Art of Southern Charm, also was involved with that book. And I think that is, would be great. So in the South, you call a one-night stand a Southern sleepover. And according to Patricia, women are too available. Her friend went on this horrible date with a guy that wanted to play rock, paper, scissors for the bill. And I guess uh, her friend lost and she had to pay it. Okay. Women today, according to Patricia, are not closers. So here are some hot tips. Don't be too enthusiastic. Don't come on too strong. And get to know people in stages. I think that is really true. And people think they know too much about each other now because of Instagram and Facebook and all these ways that we can access information, but you really need to get to know them for yourself. Dressing well is a form of good manners, which is a quote by Tom Ford that she included. Oh, she suggested this date bar in NYC. Melman's bar at the Carlisle, which I pulled it up. I've actually been to that bar before and it is a super dark, fun bar with the piano, great cocktails, not cheap, but, um, if you can convince your date or husband or whoever to take you there, you should check it out when you're in New York. She says first dates should be one hour long. Always keep them hungry for more. Totally believe in this. She says special diets on dates are annoying and she recommends this book or doesn't recommend it, but brings it up. Sex and the Single Girl by Helen Gurley Brown, which is all 1960s dating advice, which I'm definitely getting that book. I love vintage advice columns, vintage dating advice. It's just fun to see how much we've changed society and evolved. And usually they end up being pretty hilarious. And one of my favorite things to do is to have a picnic. She says picnictime.com has the best picnic baskets and they do. I'm going to order one 
ASAP. God, this book ended up costing me only like $4 on Amazon, but with all the shit I'm buying that she suggested, it's going to be more like $500. The perfect picnic, according to her, is cold fried chicken, cheese, baguette, brownies, and champagne. Ugh, can you imagine? Just grab your basket, put that all in there, grab a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whoever, tell them you have a surprise for them and take them out with all that amazing food. I, I love it. According to her, Whitney is the most amazing man in the world. He's creative, perfect, never cried as a baby, and he is in a class all by himself when you compare him to other men. Okay, well, that might be true. Hmm. Her mother required all of her dates to be listed in the social register when she was in a young girl. So the social register, which I remember it being mentioned on um, a Real Housewives of New York reunion, because all roads do lead back to Roni. We all know that. And Jill and Ramona had a little altercation about it. So first of all, it's a semi-annual publication that indexes members of American high society. It started in the 1880s, mostly Northeast families, mostly WASP, old money, think Ivy League, trust funds, polo people, that type of thing. So on the reunion, they were kind of arguing about it because Ramona said, oh, do you want me to bring you to the social register? And Jill's like, do you know where it is? And Ramona's like, of course. And Jill said, just tell me where it is. But of course she didn't know. Ramona was doing her signature crazy eyes. I don't think any of them are on the social register, but it actually costs $145 to order one to my house to check. And I just don't think I'm that invested. And uh, I'm bleeding out a lot of money on this podcast that is, as is. Um, so... When you set up your guest, I'm moving soon, hopefully, and I'm going to have a guest room for the first time in my life, which I'm super excited about. So here are some of the her guest room essentials. Blackout shades, extra blankets, bottled water, and plenty of snacks. The Wi-Fi info in a little framed uh, picture frame hanging up, and books and tons of current magazines. Okay? Done and done. I'll do all that and more. Um... Her butler, Michael, is from Michigan. He was always fascinated by Gilded Age, like the Vanderbilts, the Astors, all those really wealthy families. He started off as a nurse for the elderly, then thought, why not care for the healthy and wealthy and moved to NYC. And he worked in a house with over 18 servants and was trained by a 90-year-old butler, 90. How comfortable would you feel laying on the couch while someone who's 90 serves you? I mean, that is ridiculous. Did his social security not kick in yet? What are we 90? I mean, that is crazy. My grandmother is 89 and we're lucky if she can like walk across the house once. I mean, he must've been real spry. So she was included on a list of the hundred best party hosts. Remember her flamingo party? Oh, I want to copy that party so bad. Michael says, whenever you have a party, you need eight ounces of ice per guest. And she only serves white wine, rosé, and champagne to avoid spills. She thinks every woman should have one drink a day and men too. Or I guess she doesn't think this, but her doctor at the Mayo Clinic. Well, I am getting, I'm drinking like a man, I guess. Um, Round tables are better for conversation than square tables. And Michael measures all the place settings for her parties with a ruler to make sure everything is exactly spaced to perfection. Oh, my God. He is really amazing. And her favorite type of glassware is the champagne coupe. Coupe? 
coupe, which I absolutely love. And I got in a huge fight with my husband at Ikea about them. I don't even remember why, but I just remember I was excited to bring him to Ikea because I thought we were going to have a fun shopping day. And then I was just having... He wasn't letting me or didn't want me to get these champagne glasses, and I was having a full-blown adult temper tantrum. And then we just were walking, stomping around Ikea being mad. And that is, that's just like so typical. That's what everyone does at Ikea, right? Just get mad at each other. And, oh, those glasses were shaped, supposedly, legend has it, shaped after Marie Antoinette's breast. Um, if you're having a dinner party and somebody wants to come and say some stupid shit at the table, something inflammatory, you can say. Now that's an interesting observation. She also suggests reading the National Enquirer before you go to dinner parties to keep up on all the latest stories. I mean, what's, I, I thought the National Enquirer was just like, you know, next level fake news, but I'm going to have to pick up a copy this week. All right. First course of the meal, you speak to the person on your right-hand side. And the second course, you speak to the person on your left-hand side. I've never heard this before. This is genius. Love it. But do you have to, like, make an announcement about this before, or am I just not? Breadwell. Cocktail party. She thinks we need to bring back the cocktail party. Everyone should host at least one a year, 6 to 8 p.m., quick little thing, and you can serve all the fun, like, madmen-type uh, past apps, like deviled eggs. And if you want to upgrade them, you can put a little bit of caviar on there or a little thing of bacon. Um, if you want to win someone's heart, this is the meal she recommends cooking for them. A ribeye uh, with butter, herbs, garlic, done in an iron skillet, then finish it in the oven, and then follow that with some warm chocolate chip cookies. Okay, I'm sold. If anyone makes that for me, I'm, that's it. Party stragglers. What do we do with the party stragglers, the people that just don't want to leave your house? I have had these in my home, and I've also been one. So turn off the music, snuff out all your candles, and ask if they need an Uber. Um, with the candles, she has like a special candle snuffer, and then she's talking about trimming the wicks of your candles. She also talks about cleaning her makeup brushes every single day. I got inspired and cleaned all of mine because I'm like, when's the last time I cleaned my makeup brushes? I cleaned my beauty blender. It's like a whole, I have a whole new life now. My makeup, I didn't realize that, oh, guess what? Your beauty blender is not supposed to be rock hard because it has so much foundation in it. So, oh, when you have a party, she says the best thing to do is rent a margarita machine. What the hell have I been doing all this time? There's only $200 to rent a margarita machine. I mean, that is just a no-brainer. I think I'm going to try to do a frosé machine in July for my girlfriend's bachelorette. We'll, we'll see what I can come up with with that. And she also has a great recipe for caramelized bacon, which I'm obsessed with. And pimento cheese, I know it's a southern thing, is mentioned over and over and over. And I just can't get away from pimento cheese. Ever since I read this book, I went to a party they were serving it. I read a magazine they were talking about it. I mean, nobody wants that shit. It's disgusting. A lot of wonder bread in this book, too. A lot of white bread. So hostess gifts for when you, you know, go visit someone. The Lewis ice bag and mallet, which is what Michael uses every single day to make her five o'clock gin martini. She says you need this to make the perfect martini. If you don't have it, then just sit down. Shutterfly to do all the, you know, customizable photos on cups and whatever else. And then this one's cute. Cookiecutters.com. You can get any cookie cutter possible on earth. You can get their initials or a monogram or the state or something like that. So I'm going to order. I love to make cookies over the holidays. So I'm going to go on there and see what kind of extra cookie cutters they have. 
and truffles. Always, always appreciate it. I don't know if she means mushroom truffles or if she means chocolate truffles, but I love them both. Um, wait, what are my notes even saying here? Oh, she says, you're just as likely to see her as co- at Costco as at the Polo Lounge. Isn't that kind of the equivalent of these girls on Tinder and Bumble that are like, I'm just as comfortable in a sweatpants as I am in a ball gown? No, thank you. And you know what? You're just as likely to see me at Target as you are at Marshall's. I mean, those are two places I frequent. Um, Michael, does Bravo pay Michael? I'm very curious about this. What are Michael's hopes and dreams? Does Michael date? Does he want to meet someone? Does he love living there? I mean, I feel like he does love living there. I would love to live there too, but I just want to lay down and fan myself and drink. I don't really want to do all the work he does. I mean, I guess he doesn't have any bills because he doesn't need to pay rent or pay for cars or anything, but I'd like to do like, can we do a spinoff just with Michael where we just talk to him all day and get hot tips from him? Okay, guys, I loved this book. I love etiquette books. This one was super fun. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention is that Patricia has an amazing bathtub and she has a fireplace and a television in there. So she just sets up shop with candles, books, drinks, everything. That is a real inspiration to me. Dream come true. I'm dying to have a cocktail party after reading about all the fabulous parties in this book and especially a flamingo party. Super fun read. If you're a Southern Charm fan and a Patricia fan, it's easy breezy, great vacation read. Highly recommend it. Tonight, I am so excited because I'm going to the Irvine Improv to see Watch What Crappens with Ben and Ronnie. I'm sure you guys are all listening to their podcast, and they are recapping the first episode of Southern Charm. So I'm super, super excited. I actually haven't watched it yet, but when I'm done recording this, I plan on watching it before my little man gets home on the bus. I just had a real nightmare with this podcast because I actually recorded this on Monday because I wanted it to come out before Southern Charm aired, but... I guess I forgot to hit, I edited it for a couple hours and I forgot to hit save changes. I mean, every time this pops up on your iTunes, it's a true miracle because I really, I mean, I really bungle technology really bad. So next up we are doing Denise Richards book. I believe it's called the real girl next door or the girl next door. So I am excited. I feel like she's due for another book because so much has even happened since that book came out. But we're going to get to learn all about everyone she's dated in Hollywood, some of the people that um, crisscross or coincide with Lisa Rinna since they seem to only have like eight people to choose from. Um, And all about Charlie Sheen. And she gets into some real interesting parts there. And also about when she dated Richie Sambora, which I actually completely forgot about because apparently she was friends with Heather Locklear. And then um, when Heather and Richie broke up, then Denise started dating him. So right now I'm going to go dive into some Southern Charm and then dive into Denise's book. Hope you guys all have a great week. Bye-bye.